Hey everyone, I'm Gracie. Welcome to the Grace of Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. Keep listening to hear the incredible journey this week's guest has been on. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Gracie. Good. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you on and have you be a part of the podcast. I'm really excited. I was really excited that you asked for me to be on here because um, as a military kid, I've, I love sharing my experience and um, it's interesting to hear other other people's experiences because we're very similar, but it's very different at the same time. Yeah, military children are so unique. And while we have like, you know, a similar story of being a military child, every single child experiences something completely different. And it's so interesting to hear the different stories. It is. Um, my husband's a military child, too. And we have like completely opposite spectrums of how our experience was. He never moved. I moved all the time. I probably moved 18 times by the time I turned 18. Oh, my goodness. So... Um, not all of those were PCS moves, but majority of them were, but some of them were, um, like, you know, moving to a different school district or, um, you know, moving jobs. So we moved to a different part of the town so we could be closer to that um, position. So, um, I moved so many, so many times. And so, um, here, my husband's side, he moved twice. So it was really interesting to hear how crazy his, what his life was in mine. So. Yeah, it's definitely so interesting. You know, I've heard many stories like yours where, you know, uh, some people move every single year of high school or, you know. That was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was me. I went to a different high school, different countries. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely people like that out there. I have only moved twice also. So I did. Um, my dad was in the reserve. So we didn't, you know, have the I guess, option to move as much um, because we were pretty much stationary in Ohio. And then he was injured on a deployment, so we got to move to Texas. And then once he retired, we moved to Florida. So it was like basically all of my moves that I've had. I haven't had many more than that. Yeah, I have been all over the place. Um, We started here at Fort Bragg. Um, my, my stepdad who raised me and I lived with throughout my entire childhood, um, was, um, a ranger when I was younger. And, um, as I got older into middle school timeframe, he, uh, reclassed to, um, special forces retention. So we didn't, we moved a lot because of that. Yeah. Um, they kind of put him where he needed. Um, I was one of those, uh, um, dependents, um, to military kids who moved every single year of high school. Um, I was in Germany my freshman year. Um, then my dad went to the Sergeant Majors Academy my sophomore year. So, um, we went to Texas for a year. I'm um, not even a year like that. That school's only like nine months long. So we weren't even there for, we were there for a full school year, but that was it. Wow. And then went back to Germany for my junior year. And then we moved back here to Fort Bragg my senior year. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. a lot. And I hated every minute of it. So <laughs> um, it was so funny because I, 
I didn't like moving around. Um, I was really into sports. Um, I didn't like having to prove myself every single year to the coaches. Um, I had done varsity every single year. Um, my senior year, I'd finish school and go to college. Um, so for the first couple years of like I'm a military guy, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't want that life anymore, sweetheart. Um, we met my senior year when I moved back to Fort Bragg and um I knew he it wasn't sure if he was gonna do the career thing or anything like that. I honestly didn't know if we would make it further than, you know, just dating high school year, maybe a couple years in college. And um 15 years later, we are still together. Um <laughs> been a military spouse the majority of that time. And um if I hadn't moved, if I hadn't done all that, I would have never met my husband. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have all the experiences I have. I've got to see the world. Um my, I, I brag that my biggest, um, quality trait of mine is how adaptable I'm at. And, um, I can literally adapt on this, on a switch. Um, sometimes I may not right. go willingly, but I, I can, um, transition a lot quicker than I've noticed some of my civilian friends can do to change, um, to, um, crisis and things like that. Yeah. It's definitely one of the things that the military life gives um, you know, the dependents and, I mean, service members, spouses, children, all alike, it gives the adaptability and flexibility. And it's just something so unique because we can adapt, you know, at the drop of a dime, we can figure something out. If something's not working, we can make it work. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I, so my husband unit here at Fort Bragg, um, has been a part of the three short notice activations in the last 18 months. So I am really actually so thankful that I've been able to have those experiences to adapt um, from my childhood to be able to be like, okay, I'm focused. I know what I need to do. Um, and I'm not like, I could see like the, my, my spouses that I worked with come also an FRG leader. So um, which I do because I, I know the importance of it as being a dependent and knowing how they helped us when we were growing up. Yeah. Um, my spouses who, who did not grow up military to the ones that were military kids, um, it's a huge difference. And you could tell that the military kids were like, okay, we got this. Like, we know this sucks. We're adaptable. We can do this. And then the other ones who've never really experienced something like this, um, just didn't handle it as well as the others. So it really is a trait that like I tell my families that I speak to that, you know, they're so worried. Like my, we move, we're moving so much, like how my kids can keep friends. How are they going to do this? And I'm like, look, my best friend I've had for over 15 years. At, she's my best friend from uh, my junior year in high school. And I would have never met her if we didn't move. Um, she's like my sister. Um, and we, we talk all the time and then sometimes we'll go through stretches where we don't talk at all, but we pick right back up and it's just because we're busy and we're adults and your kids are going to be fine. Um, my husband who didn't move all that often occasionally talks to his friends from high school. He's, but he doesn't like every single day, like I do. So I think it kind of helps with that as well. I think so too. And especially I haven't had an overseas move. Um, you know, mine were just, in the states but having friends like on the other side of the globe or you know even a couple states away or whatever it may be that puts a whole nother level of 
I guess, pressure to keep those friendships. Mm -hmm. And it takes a little more work. And even, you know, those times where, you know, I may not talk to a friend or whatever the case may be, like, like you said, we just pick right back up where we left off. Yeah, I, I probably have closer relationships with a lot of my friends overseas, or at least I keep in touch more with those. Um, I don't know if it's just because that's where I built the strongest relationships. We were all military kids. Like there wasn't a mix. Like here, when you're here stationed, like here at Fort Bragg, you have a mix of civilian kids and military kids. Um, Whereas like when we were stationed overseas, um, it was either all military kids or contractor kids, which are pretty much in essence, military kids. Um, So it was interesting because like, I... Like, I really, I don't keep in contact with any of my civilian friends growing up. Um, Like, I may have a few of my Facebook friends, but the ones I actively talk to all the time with are the military kids. Um, But I think that's because we share experiences. You know, I grew up, um, you know, I was in middle school when 9-11 happened. And so um, I vividly remember that happening, coming home from school. I was overseas, so it was late afternoon for us. And um like, I remember all of us, remember, like, all of us there, like, remembering this is changing our lives forever because we're military and we know that our parents, whoever's the active service member, is most likely going to be affected by this in some way or form. And um, it just so happened that my dad was one of the very first um, soldiers into Iraq when we went into Iraq. So, I mean, he was there for 18, 19 months. So, um, it was really... Um, I think those are the friends because those are the friends I'm the closest with. And that's because we went through something so um, traumatic in terms of like, this is changing the course of U.S. history, but also our parents just like had to up and leave fairly quickly and for a really long time um, into an unknown world. So it was, um, you just kind of connect with those people and you those shared experiences help you. And so I feel like military kids, like what I keep telling my, my kids, um, they're really young. So they haven't really understand like people are moving kind of thing, but we have a bunch of friends that are getting ready to PCS. And so they're going to start questioning like, well, will we ever get to see them again? Are we ever going to talk to them again? I'm like, well, yeah, you just have to put the work into it. You know, you have to, um, ask to call or you can write them letters. I know that's a really dead thing. Nowadays, <laughs> letters, But like, that's what we tell our kids to do. Like, yeah, write them a letter, draw them a picture, and we'll mail it. It's not a problem. Yeah, and it's so easy to just – it sounds so difficult, but it's so easy to just put in that effort. Like, it takes, like, no time to make a phone call, send a message, or put a letter in the mail. Like, it takes a little while to get there, but it takes no time to just put a letter in the mail or do things like that. And from a young age, it's hard to understand, like mm-hmm. – your friends are moving or, you know, and will I ever see my friends again? And once you figure out like, okay, I'll see my friends again or, mm-hmm. you know, we can stay in contact, we can stay in touch, then it it becomes so much easier and it creates that adaptability and um, resiliency in the military it kids. It does. And it's, it's – and another thing like I – the military community, like the world is large, but the military community is really not that big. Um, yeah. The amount of times I've walked through like the PX or the commissary at an installation and then someone calls my name and I'm like, 
oh my God, like, I didn't even know you were here. Like I've run into probably five friends from school, from my school age years, just walking through the PX or, Hey, I'm in town. Can I see I'm in town because I'm working, I'm at the school or I'm at this or whatever it may be. And I'm like, that's great. Like, that's awesome. I mean, I've been in random small town country, like in a small town in like a random country. And I've run into people I've known like five or six years beforehand, just on vacation. Um, and it's, and it's great. Like, it's so cool because like I had, I had a friend who I went to middle school with, had the biggest crush on him and just walking through the PX, not looking my best, even though I was married, but <laughs> nonetheless, you never want your like high school crush or middle school crush that like, see you like not cute. And, yeah. um, he was just like, Ashley. And I'm like, who is calling my name? And um, <laughs> it was so great to see him. I knew he was in Alaska. I just didn't, didn't know which installation he was at. And um, it was so cool to see him. And it was so cool to catch up with with someone who was a really good friend of mine in high school and to see what he's doing now. Um, you know, he's got his own military career, which is really cool. And it's exciting to see what he took as a military kid and applied it to his, his, um, career as well. Yeah. And the military growing up a military child affects you in so many ways that you don't even realize until it hits you. Like, you know, doing this podcast, it's like, there's so many other military children out there that it's like, you don't realize that until you start doing it. The world seems so small but military children just connect on another level, military families in general. They, they really do. Um, you know, it's it's hard to explain to a family whose husbands or their mom, whoever is a service member, they're consistently gone. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to explain to your own kids, like, you know, well, you know daddy's at work. Um, so, like, my kids are still really young. Mine are only three and six. So um, trying to explain to them the military life is, is a little more difficult, but the degree of military kids are like in the terms of where they're at in their military life. Like, you know, you have some who are only military kids for a short period of time. You have some like myself and my husband who were military kids all the way from birth until the, we were out of college. Um, you know, both our right. dads were sergeant majors. Um, and so we grew up military and it was one of those things where we saw some people who were only in the military for three or four years and never really saw them again. And then we had other friends who were also military kids who were like us, who were there long-term. Yeah. The military does, it's a, it sounds so bad to say it this way to you, but if you don't last, then you're gone. Like, yeah, it definitely weeds out those people. Well, I think it's, and it's weird because like, when you think about it, like, so like majority of the kids, like I went to school with in Europe, you know, middle school, high school age, they're pretty much lifelongers. Their, their parents are staying in for the yes. 20 years, unless they, unless they joined later in life. We, we, we do have those, like, you know, where they did something and then they eventually like, you know, their kids are like already six, seven, eight, and then they decide to join the military. Um, and you're seeing that more often now, I feel like. So Yeah you have all those kids coming in, but like, you know, I don't remember any of the kids from when I was younger, unfortunately. Um, the friends I remember from when I was really young were all civilians. Um, when I was stationed here at Fort Bragg. Um, but like I'm 33. So the bases have expanded drastically 
in those years. So there wasn't a lot of military kids out here where I lived when I was younger. Now, now it's majority military. Um, so I feel like a lot of things that I dealt with when I was a kid aren't necessarily the same today for like my, my son who's in school now. Right. Yeah. It definitely changes even. I mean, so my dad joined right out of high school and he joined army. He, you know, he was in Germany for a while, came back, he met my mom. Um, and right, I was born a couple months after 9-11 and they got married um, actually four days after <laughs> 9-11. And, and it was like totally planned and everything and they just still kept it that same. Um, and so my dad was on 30-minute mm-hmm. recall during the wedding, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and his best man was too, and a couple of the groomsmen, I think. And so, like, they didn't get to go on a honeymoon or anything. And then I was born, um, and he was deployed. My sister was born a year later. He was deployed. <laughs> like, so we were both deployment babies. Um, and so, yes, for sure. Yes. Luckily, it was stateside deployment, and he was able to be there. But, <laughs> you know, it's not everyone gets yeah. that. Um, and so like growing up, he had a seven year break in service. So I was kind of living in a Mm -hmm. civilian world. And then, um, when I was eight, seven or eight, he joined again, he rejoined, um, he reenlisted and joined army reserve. And so it was still kind of very civilian. I went to a civilian school and so many other things. And then when he got hurt, we moved to Texas and that was like my first like real military mm-hmm. experience, you know, cause reserve life is yeah. so different than active duty. Mm-hmm. And so living in Texas, it's like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to these military schools. Like, you know, I made friends and then they're moving like a couple months later and trying to, you know, configure that. And even then it was like 2000, 2012 when my first like real friend moved and like, we didn't have social media. We didn't have, all of that. And so it's like, I couldn't really stay in touch mm-hmm. with my friends and stuff as they moved. And now, like, it's so much easier to stay in contact, like we were saying earlier. And, you know, to, I don't want to say it's easier to be a military child because it's still hard, but it's easier to navigate some of the things that we go through. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, like I, like this past, probably like last two weeks, I've probably reconnected with two or three people that I went to, to school with, um, overseas. And, um, right. And like when I was little, there was no social media at <laughs> all. So, um, I mean, like I'm old enough to like use MySpace and like Facebook was still only for college people. And, um, you had to like prove you're in college and things like that. So, um, nowadays it's, it's a lot easier to keep in contact. Um, there's a lot more safer, um, avenues to keep in contact, especially yeah. younger, uh, yeah. where like when I was little, like it was literally, like I, I vividly remember writing letters to my friends. Like I had a friend, um, that I met in the seventh grade. Um, and unfortunately she was only there for like that, for the seventh grade year. And then she moved, her dad got a job at the Pentagon. So she moved to DC. And so we were, we were, we wrote letters to each other, um, fairly regularly. And, um, I did that with a couple other friends as well. So, 
um but like I remember like the pen and paper and having like getting cute like stationery and like scented pens and things like that because you know that was really big in the 90s and um early 2000s so it was it's very different and I'm glad that there's more ways for for friends to keep in contact with um you know I've friended friends of my son's parents just so they could keep in contact if they wanted to um and I know as he gets older I mean he's already asking for a phone and he's six and I'm like you're not getting a phone like (laughs) I'm really sorry he's like but how am I gonna call my friends and I'm like you can use mommy's phone but like you are not getting your own phone you're six years old honey um but like I can understand why military families do give their kids phones earlier because Sometimes they do need to have that connection with friends, especially if they don't do well with change, because not all military kids do well with change, even if they do it a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot of learning, especially like I was not good with change at all. And so you have to learn to be, you know, again, be adaptable and you have to learn how to accept change as you move forward. Yeah. Well, like, and it's okay to like, not like it either. Like, like I said earlier, I absolutely hated it. I didn't like moving every single summer. I didn't like having to like start over. Like I said, like my freshman or my senior year, I was just like, I'm just gonna go take my classes and graduate. Like I didn't want to really make friends, even though I made some really good friends. I'm going to met my husband. Um, but I just wasn't interested. Like I didn't do sports that year. I was just like, I'm, I, I can't, like, I just don't have the mental capacity to prove my worth again. Um, because, you know, by that point, senior year, you've done all four years, you, your coaches know you in and out, you, they know what you're capable of. And I just didn't want to go in and just be like, Hey, I've played varsity for three years. Like just put me on the varsity team. Like I had to go in, like I was like a freshman and prove myself. And I wasn't interested. Um, I wouldn't wish anyone have, I wouldn't wish anybody having to move that often, um, in the time that it happened. I didn't like it. I was that teenager that was just like, you're making me move again. I'm going to go live with grandmother. I'm going to go live with my bio dad. Like I'm, I'm done. Like I don't want to move anymore. Yeah. Um, but I stuck it out with my mom and my stepdad. I'm so glad I did. Um, I would have never gone overseas. If you ever have the opportunity to go overseas, it's amazing. I love it. I hope we get to go one day. Um, now that I'm an adult and take my kids, um, it was by far my favorite experience um, living over there. And I made, like I said, all of my closest friends are from when I lived overseas. Yeah, you get these um, you get these closer friendships. And like you were saying with 9-11 and like going through those experiences together, you're, you know people more. You, you get to understand what they're going through. They understand what you're going through. And you're able to connect on a deeper level. Yeah, 100%. I, and those friendships that I made were like, you know, during the deployments and things like that were the last two ones. Like, you know, we, we had ups and downs, um, but it was one of those, like, you went through this, I went through this, like, we're bonded. Like, we always yeah. have this shared experience. And like, even now, like, as a military spouse, um, having those experiences with other military spouses and their kids and, and the kids, like, just seeing how it was very similar, but it's also very different at the same time. Yeah. Um, back then. What is it like now, you know, growing up a military child and now raising military children? Um, well, so we kind of, so my kids, 
Okay. So like my kids are still really young. We went through. So my kids are just like, my oldest is just now at that age where he's kind of like understanding like what military life is about. Um, he was born in Alaska and, um, right after he was born, uh, roughly six months after he was born, we got orders for recruiting duty and we went to North, North Texas. We were, we were part of the Dallas battalions. We were North of Dallas and like the country land. Yeah. Um, in yeah. Dallas, which we're not country or we're not city people. We learned that <laughs> country. We definitely are a suburbs country setting. And we experienced civilian life for the first time because both of us grew up military. We've always been around a military installation. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like being around mil- people that were not military. I couldn't relate to a lot of people. Um, it was hard for me to explain like, I have to take off because my husband can't take off because he's in the military. My kid's sick. I can't like kind of thing. Um, like it really sucks. I ended up losing a job. I got let go um, wow. from a job because of things like that. And I was just like, well, this sucks. Cause like they weren't really understanding. Um, even though like I made it like really clear up front, like, Hey, like I am a military spouse. There are certain things that like my husband can't just take off if the kids are sick or things like right. that. So like, if my kid is sick, like I have to take off. Um, like I'm willing to work from home and things like that, but it, it was just, it was really hard to connect with people who didn't have the experiences that I had, um, or had the understanding of like, well, military comes first, mm-hmm. mission comes first, family kind of comes second kind of attitude, um, which is a really sucky kind of attitude to like, we have to deal with, but, um, yeah. it's, yeah, we didn't like it. I didn't like it. I was just like, I'm not ready to be a civilian. Yes. <laughs> I need to be around my people and my people are in the military. Uh, so he, they kind of had a civilian, like the first few years of their life. Cause my, my daughter was born there. So she was born in a civilian hospital. Um, she's not, she doesn't remember any of that. Cause she was, she was like 10 months or uh, roughly 10 months when we moved back to Fort Bragg. Um, back to a line unit. So they, dad was home, but um, like he worked right. a lot of hours, but they, he wasn't ever gone like overnight. So, um, or long periods of time. So they really didn't get a taste of that until we moved back here. And then they got the whammy. They got rapid deployment. Like we didn't even get to say goodbye the first time um, back in 2020. At January two, or like that January first, twenty twenty, and then um, so yeah. that was crazy. I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to explain this to my kids because this is the first time they've really dealt with it. Like, you know, he gone to like JRTC, which is four weeks long, um, and but we were just like, Daddy's yeah. out learning, like he's in the field, he's learning kind of thing. I'm um, explaining to my kids like, well, Daddy's not coming home. Sorry, like, and then I don't know when he's coming home. It was really difficult. Um, and then they did it again that following summer, um, when there was all the DC rioting, um, they brought them in for that. Again, that was another two hour recall. Um, I don't even think, I don't even, I think my, I think my kids were in school. I don't even think they got to say goodbye to him, him either that time. Um, and then it just happened again with Afghanistan, uh, two hour recall. Um, we were able to go say goodbye. Um, but again, we didn't know how long it was going to be. Right. So it was one of those like, well, be good. 
listen to mom and I'll see you when I see you kind of thing. So um, they've had a little bit of a kind of a, like, we're going to take this and go like zero to 60 um, experience, um, but they're still young and they've handled it really, really well. Um, <laughs> anytime I yeah. feel like dad's gone, they're like, okay, cool. What are we going to do, mom? Like, what are we going to do when dad's gone? Um, so like yeah. kind of thing. So they're good. Um, I'm excited to see what they do when they grow up, but they probably won't be military kids their whole lives. Um, we had kids later in a relationship. So, you know, my husband only has like seven more years of service until he hits 20. So, um, I don't think he plans to go after that, um, for much longer. So, you know, my kids will be just entering middle school when we get out of the military. So, um, they'll probably have more of a civilian life. Um, but they'll have that military experience up until that point. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's a weird transition from military to civilian or civilian yeah. to military. And I mean, like I was saying, my dad was reserved. So we really had more of a civilian, civilian life. And we had, you know, the seven year break, which was very civilian. And then moving to Texas, it was complete military. And then we were there for like about three years for his recovery. And then we came back to the civilian. Um, after he retired, our closest installation is about two, two and a half hours away. So it's like, it's a hard hit of reality, more or less, once you get out and you join the civilian world again. Yeah, it is. And we've had little tastes of it here and there. And I think, I think growing up and going through me, especially for myself, like I move so much. So like, I get the itch, like I get that itching feeling of like, okay, we've been here for three years. Like when are we moving? Yeah. Um, but that's more along the lines, like I don't want to move, but I want to know what that next adventure is going to be. Like, you know, when we first got the orders that we we're going to Alaska, I was like, oh, this is not going to be fun. We had, <laughs> I had a blast. Like I loved Alaska. Like it was, it was an amazing experience and I would totally go back there over other installations in a heartbeat. Um, but I know like not everyone has that experience, but I also like learned because of being a military kid, um, you got to roll with the punches. Like you, you have to take like you, okay, we've, we've been presented this dilemma. How are we going to make, make pie out of it? Like, how are we going to be okay with what's happening? Um, like, I remember when we got the orders for Alaska. So initially we got orders for Fort Wainwright, which is in Fairbanks. But there's also a Fort Wainwright, Alaska, which is at the tip top of Alaska. Like, <laughs> probably throw a stone and it would hit Russia. And my, oh my husband goodness. was like freaking out. Like, he was just like, population is like 100 people. And I was like, babe, if population is 100 people, that's not where we're going. And I was like, that's two separate locations. Right. Um, but, you know, as military kids, you make connections growing up. Um, you know, your parents have connections, you've made connections. So through our connections, we were able to change those orders to J-Bear, which is in Anchorage. And so we had a great time. Um, it was very different, um, but it was it was so much fun. And I think for people who are scared to move because of the unknown, and you have people who've never moved before, that's, that's terrifying in itself. Mm-hmm. Going and experiencing something new would just say, I'm going to take this head on and make the very best of it, then nothing, I mean, you may have some bumps in the road, but overall you'll have a good experience. People here can 
consistently like say brag sets, sport brag sets. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I mean, brag, brag has its disadvantages, but it has its advantages too. Like, okay, brag is home of the 82nd airborne. Yeah. You are an infantry brigade. Your job is to do the grunt work. Your job is to deploy all the time, to be in the field training and honing in those expertise. So yeah, they're going to be in the field all the time. Like that's not Bragg's fault. That's your spouse's MOS. Like that's what they chose to do as a job. So unfortunately that's what they're going to do. Um, And in order to be the best in the world, they have to do all the training. And they're like, well, there's nothing to do at Bragg. I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. There's nothing to do in the immediate area. But dude, you're two and a half out. You're two hours from the beach and you're three to four hours from the mountains. Like you're the best of both worlds. Like where in the the country, yeah, where in the country do you have that? And then you're so close to other things. Like you're going to, you know, you're a day trip to DC. You're a day trip to Atlanta, you know, slightly further. You're to Florida. There's so much to do in the area. And so like every time I see things like that, I'm like, wait a minute. Like you're so close to so much stuff and you would not have those opportunities at any other installation yeah and like so we were at um fort sam houston in san antonio Mm -hmm. and so it's like you know it was a really good base i loved fort sam and like there's so much to do outside of the base that sometimes when you get bored of being somewhere it's just like you have to do a little bit of research you have to put in that little bit of work and you can find Something really cool and something unique about the area. Even if you can't really get off of the base, you can find something unique about the base. Like, there's so many things to do. Yeah, I agree. I even like Fort Bragg. Like, Fort Bragg has like a bunch of really cool things on yeah. on the base. I mean, well, Fort Bragg's the largest installation, so like, there's there's so much to do. Um, so I always encourage people, especially with kids, to get out and search for those hidden gems like there's they're everywhere like you may have to drive a little bit but that's okay like make the best of where you are um and build friends build those friendships you know make your little tribe of other spouses and uh, military kids because they they need them like I mean yeah. the kids need people that they connect with like you know my my son I know has friends that are have civilian parents and they've already asked like, well, why is your dad not home? And I'm like, okay, I got to explain to him them that while well, their dad's in the army and he has to, you know, go train or he deployed and he's out fighting the bad guys um, where, you know, his friends that are military are like, oh, your dad's deployed too? Mine is too. Like, let's be best friends. So. Yeah. Even over like, and deployments suck. They're not, they're not somewhat something that we'd want to do like freely or whatever you don't I know a lot of people volunteer to deploy but it's not something like if you actually think about it like the families are not going to want to volunteer up you know their loved one for a deployment (laughs) but it's something where you can connect with someone over yeah it is yeah I mean you hear people volunteering like you know like if my husband was given the opportunity like hey do you want to deploy he's going to say yes but that's his job but that's what he spends every hour every minute of every day doing he is training to deploy and so um and I and I understand that like as a military spouse but I think I understand it more because I'm a military kid um I've seen I've seen so many like I've seen from the start to finish like I I mean I've seen the start of and finish of the Iraq or the Afghanistan war 
Um, yeah. I've seen where the deployments were 18 to 20 minutes, 20 months long to where they were, you know, moved to nine months. Um, I've seen the times where casualties were really big. And then I, you know, other times where it's like a paid vacation going to Kuwait, like, um, you know, we joke like, oh, we're being deployed to Kuwait. And we're like, oh, so you're just taking a glorified holiday <laughs> work trip kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you got full MWR and you're just going to go work out every single day. Like, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have some people who didn't grow up military. You're like, oh, my God, they're in Kuwait. Like, what's going to happen? And, yeah. um, and I think that helps being a military kid. Like, if you move transition from being a military kid into being like a spouse or a soldier yourself, you have that understanding of what families go through on the back end. Um, I think that's really important. I think that's why I'm also an FRG leader. Because, you know, the FRG always kind of has that stigma of, you know, being kind of catty or not useful or anything like that. But I genuinely believe that, you know, from my experiences as a military kid and knowing what I went through as a family member to becoming a spouse and what I went through through deployments that like being a resource and helping people navigate uncharted waters for a lot of people is really important. So. Um, I try to do my little part to help those who have no idea, um, because it can be really, it can be scary, especially when you have kids. Um, my deployments with my husband previously, we we didn't have kids, these rapid deployments, we had kids and it's a completely different experience. Yeah. Cause you have to not only, you know, care for yourself, but care for the kids as well. And well, then like explaining it to them, like trying to like explain it to on a level that they understand without saying like your dad's getting shot at, he's shooting at people. Like you don't really want to tell your kids that, but like, I mean, that's what's happening. So yeah, you have to kind of shield the reality to a certain extent um, and break it down to their level of what actually is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was it like kind of, you know, doing those overseas moves or, you know, <laughs> living in another country. So, okay. So my very first time flying an airplane, the very first time was when I moved overseas for the first time. And I was so scared. It's a um, long flight too. It's a long flight. Like I was just like, we're moving to Germany and I have to get on a plane. <laughs> so, um, I, I was really nervous. Um, it wasn't a lot of fun. Um, actually a lot of my memories from my flights are from going back and seas over back and forth from overseas. Um, I remember coming to visit my, my biological dad in Tennessee and we had to change like airports because there was like a plane crash at the airport we were supposed to fly out of. Um, I remember flying over one time and, um, something went wrong with our plane. So we had to make an emergency landing and like, New England area. I don't remember where it was, but we had to get off the plane and we had to stay overnight. I remember flying on like C-17s and freezing my tail off because it was <laughs> so cold and just surrounded by military personnel. That was really, I mean, that, it was really cool, but that was a really cool experience to kind of like yeah. do that as well. Um, but it was exciting. Um, I, when we first moved overseas, we moved to this little town um, that base is no longer there. Like we, we lived there for a year and we closed that base down and it was so cool because like we didn't, we never lived on base overseas. Um, 
overseas, they have what, um, I don't know if they still have it. I'm assuming they do, but, um, they had like these little clusters of housing that they would put military, military members in. So like they would contract, like they would have like two rows of like duplexes and it would just be all military families, but it would just be nestled in a little town outside of base. That was really cool. Um, I'm really glad my parents chose to do that rather than live on base. Um, so I got to really engulf the, the, the environment. Yeah. Um, I got to experience like, you know, meeting local Germans and going to like the bakeries. Um, you know, I had a lot of freedom when I lived over there. My parents, um, felt more comfortable giving me more freedom over there because they thought it was safer. So like, you know, I was able to like jump on the train and go to the next town over and just go to my friend's house. And I, you know, could do that by myself. Um, we're here. They're like, yeah, no, you're not, <laughs> you're not staying out past 11. Yeah. Um, uh, at 18. So I was just like, okay, mom, like, chill for a <laughs> um, no, but it was a really great experience. You know, I went to school on base with all American, American families. Um, some of my most favorite experiences, um, from school, um, were from those schools. Um, the teachers were great. They're my most memorable teachers. Um, like I can remember their names and I can remember what they taught me and, and special moments I had with them. Um, but I think it's just because like they can, they, they were either military spouses or they just worked with military families for their entire career. So they were able to connect with us a little bit better. Yeah. Um, like they knew when we were going through hard times, like when there was deployments or long training exercises, um, so it was really genuinely like such a good experience. And I know that there's people who've lived overseas that didn't enjoy it. Um, but then like they didn't go out and experience it. Like, you know, every weekend we were at some festival, um, uh, there's always something happening. Um, which is what I loved about it. I love that there was always something going on. Like we could go to this town this weekend and enjoy the like Oktoberfest, but then like next weekend, they were doing like a medieval fest in the other town. So there was just something always to do. I'm a huge history person. Um, so I love seeing all the sites and like exploring like castles. I mean, like who, who would want to go explore a castle? Yeah, exactly. That was, that was standing during the medieval time, medieval, medieval time frame. So um, it was really exciting. And I hope to one day be able to take my kids, um, even if it's just a vacation. Um, I want to take my husband. Um, my favorite trip of all time was when we went to France and we visited Dor- Normandy Beach and that whole area. Um, and it was just really refreshing, not refreshing is probably not the right word, but it was really um, inspiring to visit a place that also was a huge um event for the American history and for, you know, I knew we come from a really long line of a military family, um, both sides. So, um, it was just interesting to know, like, you know, at some point we knew someone who was here during that time frame. So it was really cool. Yeah. It's really cool to connect the dots and like, you know, think back in, you know, your family tree and connect all of that and kind of experience, some of what the environment was like and the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the last questions I always ask is what advice you would give to another military children or a child? Um, to give to another military child, um, 
and this kind of goes to anybody who's in the military, I feel like even to spouses is to, is to roll with the punches. Um, sometimes the situation is going to suck so much that like, you don't even like care anymore. But I promise you that at some point it's going to be a positive, whether it's immediate, a couple of years down the road or like a decade down the road, like it's going to be a positive in some way or another. And don't worry about like missing out on your friends. Like you'll make new friends first off. Like who doesn't want more friends? Exactly. If, if those friends that you currently have are genuinely like true friends, they're going to stay in contact, especially nowadays, you guys have social media. So like, it's going to be a lot easier to keep in contact. Um, but you have that potential to meet a, your significant other, um, a, a, a best friend that you'll have until you, until you die. I mean, I, we, I joke with my best friend, like we joke that we're going to get like a plot of land and we're going to build two houses and we're going to connect the bridge to it. Oh, and we're going to yeah. retire together. So my husband might not like that idea, um, <laughs> but we joke like, we're like, we're going to be like, eventually we're going to be in the same town again. Um, she's in Texas. She lives in Austin. So like, we're not close to each other at all. Um, and even when we were close together, we didn't always get to see each other, but like, we were like one day we'll be in the same town again and we'll like be those cranky old ladies who will do art together all the time, all the time. Yeah. Um, so you just have to just roll the punches. Don't be mad at your parents when they say you're moving again. Um, it, it, it is their fault, but it's not their fault. Kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, don't hold it to them. Um, they're just trying to give you the best life they can. And the, the military life has so much to offer to every single individual and you just have to take it and hang on for the ride. Yeah. I think that's really important. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story of being a military child and even now, you know, being a spouse. I know it's it, it's it's a crazy world, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. So. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Grace of Military Child podcast. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to follow, like, share, subscribe, review, and comment. You can also follow us at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more podcast-related content. If you or someone you know is a military child who would like to be on the podcast, please send us a message to one of our social media platforms, or you can send an email to grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. Tune in next Thursday to hear another incredible journey.